everyone, it's Nelly here. How are you doing? Oh, we've got a great episode this week with the fabulous Adam Richard. And if you recognize that name, yes, he will be in the live show this Saturday. And I'll tell you more about that in a minute. So we are joined by comedian, writer and Lurgy's superstar, Adam Richard. We talk about owning who you are, that sort of thing of walking into a room or a date or wherever and just going, this is me. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. We talk about how progress, I guess, politically, but also personally is two steps forward, one step back. How giving up drinking in middle age changed everything for Adam. And we have a fascinating discussion about that in relation to relationships, but also just sex and life and work and everything. We talk about the fact that Adam is engaged. He got engaged for the first time in his late 40s and what it's like to be in a relationship sober after a lifetime of drinking. We take, oh my goodness, the most beautiful moving listener call on feeling broken down from a shitty relationship or a series of shitty relationships, feeling like you damaged goods and how to put yourself back together, how to get back on solid ground. Plus we have all the usual memes and you know, he's a 10 butt and all that sort of stuff. Look, some parts of this episode are heavy, like just a trigger warning. We do talk a couple of times about suicide, um, but I tell you what, I mean, it's me and Adam. We're old friends. We're funny buggers. There's so much laughter. There's so much wisdom from Adam at this age. I think he's far more vulnerable and he's open than when I met him. And he's just an absolute delight. I think you're going to love this episode. Now, this podcast was recorded in the council area known as Maribyrnong in Melbourne. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Bunurong peoples of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. As always, your listening calls are the best. Chuck out the rest. Keep them coming. Um, as I said, we have a live show this Saturday, the 9th of September. It is at the Brunswick Ballroom in Melbourne. There's still a few tickets available. It will feature me, the fabulous Adam Richard, the award-winning comedian Geraldine Hickey, and who could forget Pussy for Prosecco. Yes, Bev Killick will be on the panel as well. So if you're thinking that you might come, now's your chance. It's going to be such a great show. We've also got a show coming up in Sydney shortly, and I will be telling you more about that next week. Now, last but not least, this is a sex, dating and relationships podcast for adults. If you don't like swearing, it's really going to give you the shit. So go on, off you fuck. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yeah, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly. There's a lot to explore, dear Nelly. When you're 40 or more, dear Nelly. So I'm hoping we can talk it through. Too late to 
this is a bad idea. You should never have asked me on here. It wasn't my idea. (laughs) (laughs) Who dropped out? That's usually how I get a gig. No. Producer Faye, of course. She said, Adam's in town. Adam's in town. <laughs> now, the voice that you can hear, dear Nelly, listen, <laughs> so this is going to be a wild ride, is my old friend, comedian, the fabulous Adam Richard. You left out mentor. I was your mentor. mentor. <laughs> you were. Wait, but should we name the year? Because it's going to age both of us. Uh, it was, it was, it was, uh, 2002. Oh, that's way more recent than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> This century, at least. <laughs> it is this century, exactly. We're in the noughties. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. Well, who are you? Tell us. Uh, I'm a former comedian. Yes. Uh, <laughs> former stand up comedian. Well, I think you're still a comedian. Oh, well, yeah, I do one gig a year. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing in one for you. This one. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm a senior writer at the moment on the Gold Logie winning hard quiz. Hey. Uh, Did you go at to the Logies? ABC? No. I have been to the Logies when I was um, a team captain on Spicks and Specs and uh, someone told us to get out of the way so they could take a photo of the cash cow. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like seriously, the cash cow was sitting at the table next to us eating a steak. Like no sense of irony down there at Channel 7. (laughs) How ironic because cash cow's your drag name. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Moo! I've become recently obsessed with Doja Cat, who has a song called Moo. Yeah. Uh, that goes, bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. <laughs> bitch, I'm a cow. <laughs> that sounds like a really great song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Got methane. I'm a father. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> She's amazing. Yeah, amazing. But you are, you're a creative type. You've been a creative type pretty much your whole life. Written a hard quiz book, but I wrote a book. Yeah. And how old are you? I have been 29. uh, (laughs) For what, 25 years? Nearly 30 times. No. (laughs) I'm 52. 52. Yeah. And how did you feel turning 50? Uh, turning 50 was fine. I, I've i had – so, the, like I say, I'm 29. I've been saying I'm 29 for a long time. I'm aware. Uh, <laughs> and, like, every time anyone asks me my age, I, like – or, you know, if someone wants me to do something stupid. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, let's go and take 14 E's and party yeah, a weekend. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm nearly 40 or I'm nearly yeah. 50. And so I've, I say I'm nearly whatever the next big number is for about three years. Yep. So then when I hit it, I'm like – Oh, yeah, I've really paved the way for this. I'm fine. Yeah. And you are one of those lucky people because I don't think you look very different to when I met you. I know. Thanks, darling. Or you're saying I looked like a 50-year-old man when I was 30. Well, you can take that either way. Either way. I was partying a little hard in those days. So take me back to little Adam. So little Adam. Let's say teenage Adam. Was he dating? Uh, teenage Adam. So recently, a friend of mine said, oh, "You've got to watch Heartstopper on Netflix. It's oh, just beautiful. Yes. It's amazing." Yes. And I was like, "Mate, I was out in high school. It is yeah. not going to be the revelation to me that you think it yeah. is." And I did like it. It was delightful. Yeah. But yeah, I had a boyfriend. <laughs> at <laughs> what at, age? Uh, I think I was eighteen. Like I repeated your eleven, so I was at school for a while. Um, but yeah, I was dating some DJ that would come and pick me up from school in his car. <laughs> and look. In the 1920s, that was difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Come and get me in his handsome cab. Being a gay homosexual and having a car a century ago. (laughs) 
So where did you meet this DJ? At a nightclub. Like I was, I, I was tall from about 15. Yeah. Like I suddenly just shot up and yeah. was like, so I could go to pubs. So and you could get in. Yeah, people yeah. thought I was older than I was. I didn't get asked for ID until I was like 20. Yeah. And I started wearing makeup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I quickly stopped that. I went, well, that's not a good idea. <laughs> I never got asked for ID either. I'm going to say it's how we carry ourselves. Yeah. The level of maturity. Yes. Or if you walk in like, bitch, I'm meant to be here. People go, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So this is Melbourne in the late 80s. Yeah. Yeah. In Carlton, like the middle of Melbourne. Like wow. I went to school in Carlton, grew up in Brunswick and Coburg. Yeah. Like, yeah. They weren't trendy then. No, I was going to say. <laughs> yes. Yeah, don't flex this early. No. Because <laughs> that was Struggle Street then. That was very much Struggle Street then. And what was it like being out in a, like, working class suburb in the 80s? It's, I mean, it's kind of weird. It was... An interesting time because there'd been like the whole Boy George thing. Yeah. We'd had, you know, a lot of, uh, it seems weird now, but there had been kind of this, you know, it, we talked about androgyny back then. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. now we would just call it trans. Or Annie Lennox. Uh, yeah. Gender fluid. But yeah. back then it was androgyny. Um, so there was kind of an acceptance of it that you didn't mm. really that I think went away. Yes. Okay, I want to talk about this because I think this is really interesting because we think of history, whoever um, coined that phrase of the slow march forward, but it's not. It's no. forward, back, yeah. forward, back, forward, it's back. It's always two steps forward yeah. and one step back. Yeah. Um, like, for instance, like this is something I've discovered while we've been working on hard quiz. Uh, I don't know if you know about the Secret Museum in Naples, which is, you know, when they uncovered Pompeii, they Mm. found a lot of artworks that... um, Was their dick? It's pornographic. Like, you know, goats getting fucked by Pan. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Pan's half goat. I guess it's, you know... (laughs) Well, this, I mean, this sounds very high and mighty, but this is our lack of historical knowledge mm. it deludes us. Yeah. You know, I mean, ancient Greece is the obvious example, yeah. but there's a whole range of, even in Australia, like there has always been in Indigenous culture a third sex. Yeah. You know, and yet we're kind of going, oh, I can't deal with all these pronouns. It's like, well, they kind of fucking handled it for tens of uh, thousands of years. Pronouns kills me that people can't get on board pronouns when one of our oldest pronouns changed in like maybe Elizabethan times, yeah. which is the the word you yeah. um, was originally only plural. Yeah. And the singular. Yous. No, the, si- <laughs> <laughs> the singular was thou, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, art yeah. thou. Yeah, language evolves. Yeah. So do, do you yeah. know the reason it changed is because like people who are of a higher status thought that they should be um, referred to in you know the plural, like you know that oh. how royalty is like. Oh, we have come here today, meaning myself. I'm worth more than one. Yeah, so mm. if, like to the point where there's a there's like a it was in a play, it was in a court case. It became like this outraged statement yeah. where people would go, "Didst thou just thou me?" <laughs> <laughs> so because thou became kind of like an insult almost yeah, to call yeah, someone yeah. thou, it just became you. So yes. you is now seen and plural. So if we yeah. can get on board that, they shouldn't be hard. No, exactly. And if but someone tells take you a while. what to call them, call them that. Yeah. Like it's pretty simple. Yeah. I know there is like the, 
you know, decades of, of training sure. kicks in and you go yeah. to accidentally say the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, people are generally fairly polite. I usually it's, find the people who jump down your throat are not the people... Hundred percent. Like it's someone. Yeah, it's (laughs) alleged. Totally. So my darling, now deceased friend, the beautiful Stella Young, used to. I know our mutual friend used to talk about this in relation to disability stuff because Mm -hmm. we did a show together called Tales from the Crip. Yes. And she got heaps of shit for using the word cripple. Oh. Which is ironic, given that she was Australia's preeminent disability activist. But who, who did she get shit from? It is the C word for some members of that community. 100%, but yeah. it wasn't members of that community oh, no. who were upset about it. I remember the first person who was offended by um, the the title, The Poofcast, that I used to do with Scott oh Brennan and gosh. Toby Sullivan. I love that podcast. Was, was a lesbian. Like, how do you use that <laughs> word? I'm like, well, just, you know, that's the word my aunties and uncles used to use. Like, it's just normalised for me. <laughs> to, to quote... Anna Gadsby, lesbians not known for their sense of humour. <laughs> now, yeah. I'm very aware that you're doing two things. One is you're going into nerd hard quiz territory. Yes. And the other one is that you're deflecting from my question. Oh, what was your question? <laughs> Which is I want to get back into what it was like to be a little gay boy <sighs> in the late 80s. Well, first of all, when I was in primary school, my behaviour was accepted and normalised in a way that people... Like, you know, little kids just justify things for themselves. Yeah. And tomboys were a thing. Yeah. You know, girls that loved to play sport yeah. and hated wearing dresses yeah. and had grazed knees, that was like... Mate, BMX champion. Yeah, that was very accepted. Yeah. And the way people would explain it to each other, the reason I was playing with girls and dollies, um, was they were just like, oh, Adam's just like a tomboy, but the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> Like someone go, oh, you mean he's a sissy? They're like, no, no. No, because that's bad. Yeah, he's yeah. just like a tomboy, but the other way around. I'm like, yeah. okay. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. And so you were, you know, quote unquote, whatever this means, different, mm-hmm. like identifiably from that age. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, like, you know, the people I thought were the funniest people in the world were people like um, like Frankie Howard and, yeah. you know, Mr. Humphreys on yes. A Being Served and Kenneth Williams in the yes. in the Carry On movies. Like, I loved yeah. anything that was extremely camp. Yes. The Mike Walsh show was my favourite show. Yes. I mean, other than Doctor Who, obviously. Yeah. Um, who also, you know, travelled around in something that looked like a public toilet and had yeah. <laughs> barely dressed women that he never paid attention to. <laughs> oh, Mr. Humphreys in his lift. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Humphreys. I loved him. I He's loved the best. him. Like, I'm free. Yeah. But you were relative, it sounds like, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't all beer and Skittles. No. But relatively okay and happy yeah. with yourself. And like, other people had problems with it. Like, it's, yeah. like, this has always been my journey is that, like, oh, this is just who I am. Like, just yeah. deal with it. Yeah. And, you know, like executives, television, radio executives would freak out if I'd behaved a certain way. It's like, you hired me yeah, correct. knowing what I do. Oh, yeah. Don't now go, oh, that's not what we want. Yes. Because that's what you wanted. Yes. Like, you, you've just stuck with it. Like, I know. Hire it's, someone else. <laughs> it's, it's different, but it's the same. And you and I have talked about this before. For me, like, I used to be so embarrassed of how earnest I am. Yeah. And then I was just like, but I am. That's you. And you've hired me to come on this mm-hmm. radio show because you've heard me yep. do my thing. So take it or leave it. Yes. Whether that's high camp, earnestness, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Like I'll come in here and be different. I'll just don't be that different. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it's, it's the same as like I 
like recently I celebrated 10 years since my last hangover. Yes. Um, and that's another thing where it's just like, oh, that's just who I am now. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've changed. I yeah. was very hard drinking, you know, a lot of hard drugs, like a lot of bad behaviour. But now I don't do any of that. Wow. And Now you're cooking cauliflower steaks. Oh, look, I do. I used to hate cauliflower, but cauliflower rice is my new favourite yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That is not two words I ever expected to come no. out of your mouth. But you know what? But I love the evolution of yeah, that. But, like, people who do drink are... Uh, freaked out by it and they don't deal well with it so it's always i guess i've just always been one of those people it's just like just like this is who i am yeah uh take it or leave it yeah i'm not i remember when i used to work with kim hope it's their shit yeah yeah i worked with kim hope for a long time and her thing when we were on stage together her thing was desperately wanting the audience to love her Mm -hmm. and my assumption was that they already hated me so yeah, wow. I was not doing anything to try and change their minds. Yeah. If they came over to my side and decided they liked me, fine. Yeah. But it was such a weird energy because she was like, I, I can't have them offside because yeah. like, that's yeah. damaging to my ego. And my ego was like, oh, yeah, I'm already assumed everyone hates me because I'm gay. So There are really in- – I think that's two sides of the comedic coin yeah. right there because there's some people who come out on stage like, this is my fucking turf. Yeah. Right? You come on board or don't. Yeah. And there's others that are like, please love me. Oh, yeah. Please love me. And so you might oscillate between the two. Yeah. Because I think you're a mix of that now. Like, I don't think you would take any shit. No. But you're also not, like, desperate for approval. Yeah. Which, you know, that's, I mean, you know, when, <laughs> when you've been rejected by your own family, it's like, ah, oh, well, this yeah. is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. Like what The way an audience treats you is like, you know, it's it's. I remember the first time I did a gig at the SB that was not great, but there was one woman who was cackling. Was it me? At every, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> but so, like, the rest of the audience were just not on board. Yeah. And this one woman was laughing, and I was like, all right, this is a gig for her. Yeah, I'll play to her. Like, oh, geez, that's a good attitude. And it was just, you that's know, and I attitude. know, like, the, you know, you have that feeling of like, oh, this is awful. Yeah. Everyone is not enjoying themselves. I'm ruining people's night. And you're like, no, 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 I'm making one person happy. Yeah. And that is, she's paid as much money as everyone also, else. Also, she's having a good time. I'm not for everyone. Yes. You know, and that feeds into the dating discussion yes. that we're going to have. We can't all be vanilla. Some of us. <laughs> Some of us are peppermint chalk chip and it's not for everyone. We can't all be average. Well, right? Some of us are exceptional. Do you know when I discovered that was in Edinburgh? Like I was touring yeah. with um, Carl Barron, yeah. like, who is a master yeah, yeah, and yeah. just, you know, stadiums full of people yeah. go and see him. And we'd be working together and, you know, he's doing his funny jokes about being on public transport or, mm. you know, eating biscuits, and which is hilarious. Like, you know, he's got a joke about how when you – take the biscuits out of the packet and put it in the tin. If one's broken, that doesn't count. You can eat it. And I'm like, hilarious. It's fine. Um, And so after that tour, I was like, well, I need to be more like Carl if I want, you know, bigger audiences and more people to to perform to. And For context, my favourite ever line of yours, Mm. which must be almost 20 years old, is if you can't handle shit on the sheets, get out of the bedroom. (laughs) Did I say that? I am horrific. So, you know, that is a very different market. Yes, exactly. Of the broken biscuit. Yeah. I was writing material about shoelaces and just went, I don't want to be the shoelace guy. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, like, it yeah. was funny and I was enjoying writing yeah. it, but it was just one of those, I was like, it was like a, a personality thing. It's just like, yeah. 
I, I feel like I want to say something yes. and I have nothing to say about shoelaces. Oh, I mean. Other than they're annoying. And right. I'm a fat person. I don't like to bend over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will bend over, but you have to be nice. <laughs> I might need some support. Well, now that I've done my knee as well. <laughs> yes, but I think it's really interesting in the context because I think of comedy is in some ways like a seduction. It's certainly mm. a relationship. Yeah. And what you're saying is also true of dating. Yeah. You know, if you go in false front. Oh, yeah. And you go in going, oh, I'm blah, 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 because you think that's what they want. It will end in tears. Yeah, if you've got a photo of yourself on social media yes. with a full head of hair and you have yeah. not had one for 12 <laughs> yeah. years. Or 20 kilos ago. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Like, just be you. Yeah. Sit on the date. Actually say what you think. Mean yeah. what you say. And they take it or leave it and vice versa. Because it's not a job interview. You no. can be fake at work for eight hours a day. Yeah. That's fine. But yes. you can't be fake at three o'clock in the morning with yeah. someone's hand up you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's here. <laughs> no, I've turned him to be a killing. Bless, bless. So tell me, when was the first time you fell in love? Oh, fell in love. Like, you know, like I was an out-of-the-closet teenager, so I fell in love every fortnight. But like, did you really? No. No. But, you know, you I mean really. with hormones. Like, I mean really. You fall in love, you come, and you're out of love again. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, my God, man. You're horrendous. We're the worst. <laughs> I always used to like whenever I was flirting with someone on a dating app, I would always make sure I, I you know, had a little uh, lamb shank before I went anywhere <laughs> because then I'd be like, I'd get it, open it again. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I was just hungry. Yeah. 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 I just, yeah. I just wanted to, I just wanted to empty yeah. the ball bag. It was just a different yearning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, and you're not actually interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep asking you. When, when did you first fall in love? When did I first like fall properly? in love? Um, I think it was probably uh, my boyfriend, Chris, who I went out with for a few months. Like, I was 19, he was 17. Um, he lived in Frankston. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, there was, you know, and we broke up because the grass was, as always, greener on the other side. Well, and you were 19. Yeah, I was 19. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the grass is greener. It's always green when you're nine. You've got a lot of energy for the grass. Yeah, that's one. Know? That's one thing that I think. Like the grass is always greener. Yeah. And then when you get to the other grass, you'll yeah. look back at the grass you had and you go, "That grass is greener." Yeah. Just about going. My grass is green enough. Yes. That green grass over there is the same green grass. Fertilize the fucking grass you've got. Yeah, just peace on it. Mind <laughs> you, at nineteen, there is something to be said for. For exploration. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, yeah. you know, he obviously served an important function. Like, yeah. he taught you that you were lovable. Oh, and also, like, this is a, I mean, there's a, there's a weird kind of power dynamic in gay sex in that up to a certain age, like, it's, it's all one way because you are not, you're kind of afraid to assert yourself. What do you mean? It's one way. Like it's you're it's bottoming all the way right. when you're a certain age. Yeah. It's like it's just older predators who just want to have a crack. Um, mm. <laughs> generally, mm. uh, but yeah, Chris and I were each other's the first time we topped each other, right? Like, and we both, yeah. And it was kind of revelatory. It was like, oh, it can be. 
this can be an intense and beautiful and comforting thing mutual yeah yes as well as like yes. you know it, it would be like you'd, i'd finish and i'm like oh my god chris you've got to do it it's amazing yes <laughs> yes and so you know with, because we were teenagers we did it straight away yes. uh, <laughs> do you know one of the things just going back to heartstopper and for those of you who haven't watched it it's a sort of queer um romance tv show on mm. netflix young love it's beautiful it's adorable one and because it's based on a, a graphic novel there are yeah. little like oh, animated touches the production so you get beautiful. like little thought bubble kind of yeah. things and little heart pounding moments so if someone's hands near someone else's yeah, hand there's, there's like, like little butterflies a, yeah and little and, electric oh, sparks it's so and, sweet but one of the things that i like about that and I'm putting my you know sex ed years of sex ed mm. with teenagers hat on is that one of the things we don't talk about in sex ed is how vulnerable particularly young gay men oh yeah but young queer people in general are if you've been rejected by your family mm-hmm. or you're not out or your peer group hasn't mm-hmm. you've got no one around you protecting you yeah and so if you go into a space where there are predators and there yeah. are predators in every space straight queer yeah. whatever but you've got no one saying, Adam, no, mate. That man at the toilet is not your friend. That man's too <laughs> old for you. Yeah. Or this is a power imbalance. Yeah. Or any there's no checking. Yeah. Whereas I think not that heart stopping necessarily reflects reality, but you've got a better chance of that now. Yeah. Where at least you might be able to talk to your mum. Yeah. Or your straight best friend. Well, there's literature. There is. There are yeah. things like Heartstopper. There are TV shows like yeah. that. Like, I had no idea. No. Like, Even modelling how a boyfriend should treat you. Yeah. You know, not not that they don't have issues. It's hard for the one of them to come out and all of that kind of stuff. But you at least see, if you're a young gay boy or a young queer boy, you can mm. at least watch and go, that's how I should be treated. Yeah. I mean, you that know? was one of our, our kind of aims with the Poofcast. When we yes. Did it was like to go, you know... The way you're behaving mm. is fine. Like, yeah. don't let anyone slut shame you. Don't let mm. anyone make you feel like you're, you mm. know, disgusting for wanting to have sex with a lot of people frequently. Mm. Mm. But please look, use lube because you will get an anal fissure and yeah. they are very painful. <laughs> <laughs> but also not because I have watched many of your live shows mm. and I know you would also talk about when, you know, one of the three of you would go, I'm out. Yeah. I don't want to date. Yeah. I don't want to fuck around. I don't, you know, it's it's not prescriptive. Yeah. Also it, just, you know, like one of the things I loved was talking about spirituality. Like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Toby would talk about his Catholicism and yeah. how important that was to him and, yeah. you know, how, you know, I felt like that that fed into why his relationship has been so strong for yeah. so long. Yeah. Like, and it's, yeah, that, that. Whereas, you know, Scott would be, uh, you know, like there was a turnstile behind him. Yeah, I've got, I've got five <laughs> dates Friday night. Yeah. And both are okay. Yeah. You know, and both are part of the experience. But I think opening that up, and it's the same in a different way, but it's the same story I think with post-40 dating. Yeah. Because you kind of go, well, you're divorced, you're done now. Well, that, I mean, that was a whole thing with our podcast because we had all kind of like crossed that threshold. Yeah. Um, and we were getting a lot of letters from people who were like, what now? Like, yeah, that's I've right. I've succeeded in my career. Yes. I've been in this relationship for like 15, 20 years or whatever. Yeah. I've done everything I possibly could want to do. Yeah. What now? And yeah. I know there is a huge rate of suicide amongst gay men mm. in their 40s. Yeah. Um. And especially people of our generation. Yeah. And I I don't know whether that's because of that feeling of what now. Yeah. Because like, people, like married straight people with kids, 
have this like money hole in their life that they have to keep funneling attention yeah, yeah, yeah. and cash into. It's like, yeah. oh, now they're at university, they're going to pay for that. Yes. And now they're going to buy a house, I'm going to pay and for that. And you need that. a car and yeah. your and dentist. So you've yeah. just got something that a you focus. have to focus on for yeah. the rest of your life. Yes. Um, Thanks, Adam. Until they put you in a home. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and refuse to come and pluck your chin hairs. I'm coming uh. to your place. <laughs> Please do. I'll pluck your chin hairs. <laughs> Yeah, you will. It's a full-time job, let me tell you. But, yeah, and I feel like – but I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I don't know if the whole suicide thing for men of that age uh, is because we're kind of like – people of my generation are kind of – unmoored like yeah in the 80s we thought we were going to be bombed out of oblivion and like have no future then we were all going to get aids and die and have no future and a lot of us did yeah so we have no our generation is kind of the oldest generation yeah like the people above us are like number in the hundreds yeah like it's there's we've got no mentors we've got no role models where's the anchor yeah Yeah. like there's no community for us to look up to like and we have to be the community for the younger generations Mm. and we've got no fucking idea what we're doing (laughs) well and if you think put it in context of you think of a gay man who's currently 50 who comes out of a long-term relationship yeah he's very likely to have the whole community enmeshed in that relationship yeah like everyone knows everyone yeah so then you're going, who's going to stay with me? Is yeah. someone going to go with him? Yeah. Are they going to choose? Can we both? You're not just losing that person. Yeah. You're potentially losing an entire network. Yeah, your found family. Like Your found family. And if your own family, which is the experience for many of us, mm. don't like you, yeah. don't love you, or whatever, however that looks, yeah. that it's that's very confronting. Because biological families, when you have a breakup, Side with you because they have to. Yes. Even if they liked the partner better. Yes. (laughs) Whereas if they're homophobes, they're going, great. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe now you'll finally find that woman you I think literally that is the case. You know, like, oh, I'm glad glad that didn't work out. Saw that coming. Yeah. That's why I didn't want it. No, you're a fucking homophobe. But anyway, um, so you're an engaged lady now. Yeah, yeah. Well, for at least five years now. Yeah. So take me there. So how do you end up – because you go through – I was going to say you go through Melbourne. You go, you go well, th- yes, I did have to move to Sydney because there was no one left <laughs> who had hadn't, a, I hadn't dribbled inside of. You had a difficult time, like fun but difficult time, I think emotionally, mm. for a while there. Yeah. How do you end up with this love of your life? What happens? Um, I mean, you quit drinking. I stopped that coincides. Drinking. Yeah, kind of. So I stopped drinking middle of 2013. I yeah. decided I was going to leave my radio job that I'd been in for 10 years. Yeah. Um, You're 43? 42, yeah. 42? So was, yeah, 10 years ago yeah. this year. Uh, I mean, I was also like I could smell that I was being aged out of um, my job. So oh, it's such a lo- convoluted thing. Like quitting drinking had like about 42 different mm. Um, factors like I'd started driving at 37, mm. and you have to be zero al- mm, zero mm. alcohol to be on your pees on your pees for yeah. three years. <laughs> I was a 40 year old pee plate a lot. <laughs> what a delight! 
but so that's like a run up. <laughs> yeah. Like if you if you get your P's in your yeah. in your thirties, it's like make, making a decision to be completely sober because you're going to drive to work the next day, and yeah. you're like, I'm pretty sure I drove to work on days that I was probably not okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's so. If it, if I was going to a gig, sometimes I was like, oh, I can't be bothered getting a train to this gig. Mm. I'm not going to drink. Mm. I'll drive. So mm. that was a bit of a run up to it. Mm. Um, also, like the week, the week that I had my last hangover, I lost a job that I'd had for ten years. Mm. Was replaced by someone twenty years younger than me. Mm. Um, hi, Joel Crazy. How are you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Special fan of the podcast. <laughs> Poor Eve. <laughs> <laughs> so much sound and music. Uh, <laughs> so I'd been replaced by Joel in a job in Perth, which like my business brain was like, what well, makes perfect sense? He's he's inside the age bracket the radio station yep. was aimed at. He's from Perth. I was doing the show in Perth for yeah. 10 years. Um it's not personal. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. made sense. And so like it was upsetting. Mm. But that same week. Uh, a guy who sat on the other side of a partition from me at work who had been instrumental in the suicide of a nurse uh, because of a radio prank was given an award for being the best DJ in Australia. Oh. And I'm like, oh, okay. So wow. this is where I work. Wow. This is yes. where I work. Yes. Um, and that kind of had led me to the decision, I can't be here anymore. Yeah. Like I've been here for 10 years. I I. I can't mm. put up with that. And I was really like bleakly depressed. And I tried writing mm. about it. I've been doing a creative writing degree at UTS and I tried writing about it and I have never experienced this before. But while I was writing about it, I went back into the depression. Like mm. thinking about being depressed made me depressed. That makes sense to me though. Like it was. That, that's in the body. Yeah. Like it was yeah. re, like yeah. re persecuting myself was really full mm, on mm. um and if there's not an alignment because i won't go into details mm. but you know the story i mean i did six weeks in commercial radio and i literally oh, yeah. thought i'll end up killing in myself in that cupboard next to oh. my office <laughs> and i was just and with a co-host called wacky luke oh, yeah. who i had to call wacky luke off air yeah. like i just thought i mean i'm i'm not neither of us are making light of suicide. We both take it no. very seriously. But I literally thought my mental health will decline. Yeah. I don't care how much money. Yeah. And and I left. And it's the best thing I've ever done. Oh, also, like, you know, just physically, like the the lack of sleep you get from doing breakfast radio yeah. causes a buildup of cortisol. And that's, mm. you know, you had you just start having anxiety 24-7. But also pre- pretending to be really happy all the time. Oh, man. It's you know, oh, you're getting to interview so-and-so. Hey! Hey, Sandra Bullock, how's it going, It's girlfriend? not. I've never met you. If you're not in alignment with your yeah. values, A, but also your personality, yeah. you are going to get depressed. My favourite yeah. line from The Sopranos is when the psychiatrist says to Tony, depression is rage turned inwards. Yeah. You're like, you're raging. If you're yeah. in an environment you're not meant to be in, that could be the closet. Yeah. That could be a job. Mm-hmm. That could be a relationship that's yeah. shit. If you are going to get – it's not fucking you. It's the environment. Yes. You know? Like no amount of therapy yeah. is going to fix it. Yeah. You need to leave. Yeah. So, yeah, when when that happened, my psychiatrist put me on um, SSRIs, on antidepressants. Yeah. And 
I took one pill and was vacuuming the house and playing ABBA. <laughs> and I was like, I am speeding off my good. Oh, wow. I was, oh, And she's like, because I'm so, I was so, you know, morbidly obese. Also, my, I had fatty liver. Like, it was a lot right. going on. And she's like, oh, your liver's passing too much through. Don't right. take a second oh, it's pill. Not processing like, it's, it. okay. you're not, you're having too much. Yeah. Um, and you'd stop drinking then? No, no, no. So, I was in the middle of all this. I'd had a massively debauched two weeks in uh, Brisbane to try and get away from all this. Yeah. You know, I've just got to get away from this problem. You'd and fucked it out like a rabbit. Yeah, just drank myself <laughs> stupid, like had been going crazy, came back, went out one night, was, you know, it wasn't even a very big night, but yeah. I was hungover and lying on the couch for yeah. like two days. Um, and doesn't and that then, look different at 42 oh, than 22? Oh, man. Like, I, you know? I used to have a bit of stand-up about it, which was like, yeah. you know, in your 20s, you're like a tennis ball? Yeah. Like, you just bounce right back. Yeah. Boom, 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 In your boom. 30s, you're like a tennis ball that dogs had a go at. Yeah. It's slobbery, sticks <laughs> yeah. on the way back up. Like, it's kind of hangs. <laughs> in your 40s, you're a rock in a puddle. Yeah. Like, and you're just, just like, boom. why oh. am I doing this? <laughs> so, tell me this. Do you think, because you go through this big transformation, like, you mm. get a lot healthier. Obviously, you quit drinking. You yeah, which was because different. of the SSRIs. Like I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to swing back down. Yeah. I don't want to be hungover and depressed. So I thought I'll just take two weeks off until this leaves my system. Yeah. And then because, you know, I've been fat for a long time and I've tried a lot of diets and yep. one of them was that. Have you ever done that one where you um, – the answer is going to be yes. You assess your emotional state every time you eat something. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yes. So I used, I tried that and it never really worked. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm depressed. So I want to eat a pizza. Yeah. Okay. That's enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I did that with like the next time. I was like, oh, I feel like a glass of champagne. Yeah. And I was like, why do I feel like a glass of champagne? Just, you mm. know, the automatic thing kicked in. I was like, mm. I want to be at the peel at four o'clock in the morning. I was like, mm. that's not a good feeling when you've got to go to work at five. <laughs> yes. Or I feel like a gr- glass of champagne. Oh, someone said something mean to me. Yeah. Oh, that's not going to fix that. No. Or whatever. Do you think? So that was an a- that was an accidental yeah. stopping of alcohol. Like How I didn't go through a like a twelve step program, and my my psychiatrist encouraged me to try alcohol, so I wasn't afraid of it. Yeah. Um, and I did that, and I was just I didn't like the feeling of being yeah. off my head again. Like yeah. even just from one glass, I was like, oh, yeah, this. Why did I enjoy this? This is like I'm not. I was like that I'm with not smoking. Mean. And yeah. I think a lot of people have that experience with smoking as well, where you're like, you associate it actually with a time, mm. not the action. And then yeah. you have a cigarette and go, oh, fuck, that's gross. Yes. You know, like, so do you think the big question for me is these transformations. So you start looking after your mental health. You mm-hmm. start looking after your physical health. Like yeah. this is classic middle age. Yeah. You fork in the road. Yeah. I'm either going to drive this gig into the ground yeah. or I'm going to like get my shit together did that then allow you to meet your love? I think so. Like we had a date at breakfast, which is, you know, yeah. like in the past it would have been late at night. I would have already had a few drinks. Or yeah. It would have been after a gig. So, Daylight, you know, like sober, talking. Yeah. yeah, first thing in the morning. Yeah. Uh, weirdly bumped into Reese Nicholson at the cafe where we had breakfast. Yeah. I'm like, hi, Reese, I'm on a date. <laughs> Whereas last time I saw you, I said, leave me alone in case I get a date, <laughs> which did not happen. No. <laughs> Don't preempt it, Nelly. Live in the moment. Oh, the moment, shit. <laughs> so do you think, did it make you, It may. I assume it must have made you more emotionally available. Yeah, I think so. Like I was terrified. The first time I had sex with someone sober, sober. was weird. Yeah, how? Just because I was so used to 
being, you know, socially lubricated. Mm. I remember the first time I realized that alcohol was not my personality, <laughs> which I mm. had not thought about, you know, consciously. Mm. Mm. It was at, um, I think it was Emerald Shiano's birthday party mm. uh, at Shane Delia's restaurant. Like, mm. um, excuse me, I'm going to dust pan <laughs> a brush to pick up some of these names. Uh, <laughs> but Em had, I don't, I don't know what was going on in her head, but she'd invited a whole bunch of gays yeah. and a whole bunch of hideously attractive male models. Um, <laughs> just sort of set us up at a table yeah. so that whatever would happen. Anyway, the gays on one side were passing around pictures of dicks on their phones, yeah. that their favourite ones that, that had been sent to them. <laughs> and the, the straight guys are like, what are you looking at? And they're like, dicks. And they go, show us, show us. And so... I think it was Thomas Jasper's was like, oh, this is my favourite dick. And one of them goes, why is this dick a different colour than the rest of him? Now my my normal brain goes, oh, it's because it's flooded with, with blood. Like, you know, your penis is like a honeycomb. It fills with blood. So, of course, it's darker than the rest of you because it's, you know, it's yeah. swollen. Um, but, uh, you know, my hilarious brain, that's normally the drunk brain, I'm but scared. I was completely sober, goes, because it's been up someone's shit pipe. <laughs> And it was one of those moments where the music had just, <laughs> just dropped down to go onto the next track and the entire restaurant just was like swung around and looked and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I don't need to be drunk. I am like this. <laughs> you should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This I am this person. This is my natural state. <laughs> I think that's really interesting. I've got a friend, she won't mind me saying, and obviously I won't identify her, but I've known her for a long time, who's literally never had sex without being stoned. Oh, wow. Right? So she has to. I mean, that is a fun experience. Oh, for sure. Doing it. But, but I guess after you've done it like enough, like it's yeah. just normal and it's, so it's not fun anymore. And, that, and I'm not trying to shame that at all, but I think it's worth asking yourself why. Yeah. You know, and or your therapist and who, and just see whether, because maybe you have that fear. Well, mm. I won't be good enough if I'm not pissed. Yeah. Or I won't or I'll be, be able embarrassed to. I'll about be these embarrassed things about myself. Or I don't like my ass or I don't like whatever. At least it's worth interrogating. Yeah. I think. I mean, I was 140 kilos. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is, you know, enormous. And there's some shame that comes with that. But also there's like this is, you know, when the when Brendan Fraser won that Oscar for The yeah. Whale. Yeah. I was just like, they had to hire a straight man because <sighs> no self-respecting <laughs> gay. gay fatty yeah. would go... <laughs> As if I wouldn't find my tribe. Yes. <laughs> As if I wouldn't find an entire I, internet full of chubby chasers who want to come out over and suck on my man boobs. <laughs> I'm going to get you back to talk about that movie because I fucking hated it. But we'll, it's terrible. We'll get into it another time. All right, are you ready for a meme? Yeah, I love All memes. All right, ready for armchair expert? Okay, I tried to give you one little cute one that I thought you'd like. <laughs> So I saw it on the Facebook, the on the Book of Face. It says, takes long drag off cigarette, points at your boyfriend. Is he a rescue? <laughs> <laughs> Look, as someone who got a rescue dog to be on Celebrity Dog School on Channel 10. Um, 
you can relate. <laughs> but you know that experience when you meet like a friend's new partner oh, yeah. and you just gotta go, what happened? What? <laughs> Who? What? Who are you? And and but that's when you go, oh, you're actually in love. Totally. That's when you go, like you know when people get weird about Pierce Brosnan's wife being yeah, a yeah, little yeah. on the heavy side. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh. And it's like, yeah, he loves her. Yeah, he loves her, you he fuckheads. He absolutely loves her. Yeah. She loves him. She's a photographer. Have you yeah. seen the photos yeah. she takes of him? Yeah. He looks amazing. Yeah. <laughs> also, he's a grown-up. Yeah. They've you got know? kids. <laughs> They've got kids, all that stuff. Like, for me, that one actually, when I say when you meet a friend, that's not about the physical. It's about no. when, when you meet someone's friend, um, new partner and you kind of go... Oh, they're really boring. Oh man, you know, or they're really like extra or uh, so something. A, a mutual friend of ours, yeah. uh, who may or may not work with your producer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember talking to her ex-husband for about half an hour before I realised he was really dull. Right, so pretty. <laughs> right. Well, this is the thing. When I find myself in that situation, I go, I might be missing something. I'm probably not. No. But I might be missing something. But it's an interesting, like, I think well, particularly what about at annoying? this age. Oh, annoying. See, I can take dull. Yeah. I cannot take annoying. Oh. That Like close talkers. Yeah. Or who talk at you or yeah. all of that kind and of shit. And always have red wine mouth. Yeah. <laughs> all right. This relates to our next <laughs> meme, which is from Poetry Matters on Instagram. I could not love this more and mm. I want to see how you feel about it because it's sort of related. Sexy is an energy, not a body type. Oh, yes. What do you think? Absolutely. Did you always think that? No, I thought being set. Well, you know, because I was out of the closet as a teenager. Yeah. So, you know, I was 19 and yeah. very, very fuckable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was uber twink. Like I had the long blonde hair. <laughs> yes. I was thin. I was gorgeous. Blue eyes. Um, so, yeah, and it took a long time for me to be comfortable with fat me. Yeah. And that was that was a thing where I realised you can't lose weight until you accept that you're fat. Yes. Like you can't you can't become healthier or you know, you can be healthy and fat, like that's fine. But you can't if you're constantly dieting and constantly oh, yeah. trying to lose weight, it will not happen until you go, I am a fat person. And this then that's how I got fat. Yeah. Literally, through dieting. Yeah. It's really interesting. My therapist, I was talking to her about, so during COVID lockdowns, and I hadn't smoked for years, Mm. and I fucking, like, I was losing my shit, and we don't need to go into that, but I Uber Eats to pack a fax. Oh, wow. And, like, sat in the backyard smoking. And I was so ashamed of myself, so Mm. ashamed. And I was talking to her, and she's like, okay, what, what do you associate smoking with, blah, 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 blah. And we go back to... Pre-commitments, pre-responsibilities, freedom, all of those things. She's like, little teenage Nelly was trying to assert herself. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Accept her. It's funny you say that about pre-commitments. Like, a friend of mine is having some fights with a family member um, about, like, their kind of inheritance and they're not trusting her with money. And she's like, I don't get why she thinks that I'm bad with money. And I'm Mm. like, because you don't have kids. And in her head... Really? Before you have kids, you're irresponsible. Oh, wow. And you chose not to have children, so therefore you chose to be irresponsible for your whole life. Oh, that's fucking stinking thinking. Yeah. 
But I, that's the only thing I could understand. It's like you're both the same age. Or you don't need it. Or yeah, you don't there's deserve that. It. Or d- yeah, yeah, but like I honestly think it's a responsibility thing. That is some bull. <laughs> I mean, I've been like parentified ty- child yeah. Taipei since I was ten. Yeah. I didn't have kids until I was in my thirties. Like yeah. it's got nothing to do. Oh, you've with always, it. but you've always been the the mother hen. Like, yeah. <laughs> like there'd be a group of gays and you'd gather them under your breast and you'd be like, "Don't get poisoned in the bum." <laughs> Make sure you're all wearing condoms. Good girls. You're ready for ready for a listener call. Oh yes. Please. Now I'm going to forewarn you. Um, this one is quite heavy. It's a beautiful call, but just mm-hmm. for the listeners, just know that it, it's it's heavy. Right. Dear Nelly, um, thank you for making this podcast. It's I've got a newborn baby and having my headphones in my ear, well, you've provided me a lot of sanity <laughs> throughout these first few months. Um. I'm only 26 and I'm sorry for calling in. I know that this is primarily for people over 40. Um, But I suppose what I really love about it is that you guys talk about a lot of things that you wish that you had known in your younger life. Um, And it's definitely things that I can conceptualise at times, but it's really hard to put into practice. Um, So it's nice to hear those bits of insight and different things that you guys have learnt along the way and, and your journey up until this point, um, which, yeah, I really enjoy. My dating history so far has been a bit of a duty. <laughs> um, I was with a man who, I, who didn't treat me very well and... I fought for that for way longer than I should have. The problem was was that I knew I knew that it wasn't right for me. Um but I really loved him. And there was lots of like highs and lows and I think I would just chase the times where he would be attentive and give me a lot of attention. Um I'm sure it was emotionally abusive, but it's just hard to, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then from that, I got into another relationship way too fast um, with a 37-year-old man. And um, he was... Wanting me to be around him 24-7 and after the relationship that I had just had, I just, I, um, I couldn't. And he was having issues with, like, the friends that I was seeing and things like that and I just know that you can step into one relationship that's not right for you and you're the most vulnerable, especially if you don't give yourself time. And I started to see those warning signs and I just was like, no, I can't do this again, especially, especially if I don't love the person, I can't do this again. 
um, that I felt pregnant, <laughs> which I have the most beautiful, amazing baby girl, and I'm so happy for it. Um, but I'm also really scared because I don't know him. I broke up a month later, and that's where we are. Pretty vulnerable, but you keep going. You know, you make it work. I guess for my story up until this point, um, I feel a little bit like damaged goods in the relationship department. I know I have a lot of healing to do, but there's also a stigma when you're alone and I feel shame in that. Um, and I also feel very different to the generation that I'm in. Um, like <clears throat> I can't stand social media and doing something like this is really unusual for me because I'm quite private. Um, but that kind of makes it hard for dating when I am ready. <laughs> and being a single parent at this age also makes it hard to date when I'm ready to cross that bridge. Um, so, yeah, just a few different hurdles. But I'm just betting on that I'll know when I am ready and I'm just going to give myself time, lots and lots of time, lots of time internally and then time when I step into that field or that realm of dating and make sure that I really know the person and that we become best friends and that I can trust you before we're together. Um... Because, yeah, it's not just for me anymore, it's also my daughter. I need to make sure that whoever I let into my life is worthy of us. Um, yeah, anyway, I'm rambling, but thank you for all that you do. Oh, oh beautiful, wow. beautiful girl. That is that is hard to hear from someone who has been in those relationships. Yeah, um, tell me about that. So... My sister and I both have done that mm. and it's – you're basically – you're patterning after someone that you've seen. You're patterning yeah. after a relationship that has imprinted on you at an age that you have no choice. Mm. Like, so my dad was abusive. Um, my mother was obsequious and constantly trying to make everything fine for him. Mm. Manage up. Yeah, mm. and so when I see myself behaving like my mum, I'm like, who mm. am I in a relationship with? When did you learn that you were doing that? Because she's only 26, this beautiful caller. Oh, yeah. Um, well, so my mum passed away when I was 25. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been a long time because, like, when someone dies, you start to, you know, you sanctify them. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was, you know, that's a good 20 years of me thinking that, mm. You know, she could do no wrong mm, um, mm. before I'm like, oh, no, she enabled his terrible behavior. <laughs> like, mm, mm. so it's, yeah, like at that age, you you don't know you're repeating your the patterns that you've learned. And it may mm. not be parental patterns. It could be mm. uh, uncles and aunties. It yeah. could be, you know, other people in your family. It could be. could be movies. It could be movies. Truthfully. Yeah. yeah. You, you could be watching yeah. too many of those um, <laughs> 
movies where someone's dying from a beautiful, non-disfiguring illness. Yeah. But are also a monster. Yes. Um, you could be watching Game of Thrones. I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah. Khaleesi, we love her, but, you know, she well, was not treated well to begin with. In de- and the I- No, she was raped. Yeah. The idea that culturally that a woman will take a broken man and fix him oh, yeah, it's does. is incredibly strong. They they can't be fixed, yeah. those men. They've got to fix are, themselves. Yeah. They, they have to fix themselves. But there is a problem in that if you've been conditioned to that, then that's what you're attracted to. It's normal. And you don't know that that's what you're attracted to. So you only see the fun times. Mm. And, I mean, I know for a fact that the reason I was so good at stand-up is because the times my dad wasn't hitting me was when he was laughing. Mm, and that that informed, mm. you know, 22 years of a career. Mm. And, you know, part of like therapy is accepting that part of yourself mm. and going, do I want to be continuing this? Like, because, you know, mm. you've seen me on stage. Mm. Part of what I do is abusive to an audience. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's combative. Yeah. And it's you, it's little Adam going, I can talk now. Yeah. You know, and you've seen me on stage. Yeah. And I think for me it is that idea of, you know, I always get asked in interviews, as I'm sure you do, oh, mm. were you the class clown? When I wasn't the class clown, I wasn't seen. Yeah. You know, so that little part of me is going, can you please listen to me? Can yeah. you please see me? Yeah. And I hear that in this caller. Yeah. And that breadcrumbing, which yeah. is when someone treats you like shit and every now and then they do something nice. Yes. That little part of you is going, oh, he saw me. Yeah, he was nice oh, to me. Oh, he's going to be nice minutes. to me now. Yeah. And then you ignore the rest of the behaviour because Which you're used to it. 95% of the time. Yeah. Like it's all awful. It's. I had a friendship like that where like she would stick her fingers in the, her ears like every word I said was causing her pain. Like we never had a conversation where I wasn't in at some point being, you know, chastised. I remember that there was a point where – they were going overseas and, you know, had to get all this stuff done, like freaking out. I was like, oh, look, I'll, I can drive you to this thing you need to do so it's not going to take so long if you want to have lunch. And so we had lunch and they took me to a cafe where everyone spoke French and then they spoke French in front of me to all these people and I just sat there not understanding anything mm. and then spoke at me the entire time I drove them to the appointment, you know, the day before they're going overseas and as she put her foot on the ground getting out of the car, said, oh, my God, I've just talked about myself the whole time. I haven't even asked you yeah. how you are. How are you? I was going through a breakup yeah. of a six-year relationship yeah. and I was like, I'll see you when you get back from overseas and then found out later on that uh, she thought I abandoned her while she was overseas. <laughs> I'm like, okay. how does that even work? Yeah. <laughs> Because that is, and I mean, the word narcissist is overused, but let's say narcissistic tendencies, they will never see it from your perspective. I think I want to say a couple of things to this caller. One is you're going to be all right. Oh, so all right. And now that you're a mother, like the protectiveness will will kick in and you will, I mean, it didn't for my mum, but hey. Um, (laughs) But she's, I mean, I'm not dissing your mum, but she's she's in a different era and she's got more insight and she's got more access to resources. But also she's out now. Correct. She's out now. And she caught it. Yeah. Right. This is that the is, thing I love. That is that is the first step. Is Even being it. pregnant, yeah. she went, I'm not going to ignore these red flags. Even if I don't understand why I'm feeling upset, yeah. I'm out. 
Also, don't don't that. discount how many hormones you have. Like oh. having a baby is like uh, triple puberty. Like oh, it's, it's a it's lot fun. of hormones. Yeah. It's a lot. Like it's why people fall into postnatal depression. Yeah. It's that roller coaster yeah. of you cannot control it. No. You are going to be sad. You are going to be elated. Mm. You're going to mm. go up and down and. Some of those feelings are maybe not real. Yeah. They're just really heightened versions of what you're surges. actually feeling. Yeah. yeah. So, And I mean, all the usual things, obviously, if that's happening, go and see your doctor. Oh, yeah. Because you might need, and I did. Mm. You know, I went on antidepressants after I had my first child because I was going through exactly the same thing. Yeah. Any unresolved family trauma you have yeah. is going to punch you in the face when you have a kid. Yeah. Because you're seeing yourself in that baby and yeah. kind of going, oh, I have to look after the, who looked after me. Yeah. Or how was I looked after? Yeah. Was I looked after? All that stuff. But I think I hear a lot. It, she's obviously painfully, painfully sad. Yeah. But she's also really bright. Like you can hear that she knows what to do. Like when she said, I hear the wisdom and experience. By the way, you, any age can call into the podcast. You're yeah. very welcome. Um, I hear it. I don't know, always know how to implement it. None of us do, doll. None of us do. The other thing I would say is don't be afraid of being alone. Yes. Like I know you're like, yes. oh, how is anyone going to want to date me when I've got a kid? Oh, Someone totally will. will. Of course they it's will. It's fine. Of course they um, will. But don't be afraid of being alone. Like mm. I was single for much of my 30s. Yes. And loved it. Like loved mm. every minute of it. And it is – it's – Again, it's like I was saying earlier, the grass is greener on mm, the other side. Mm. It always is. When you're in a relationship, mm. you know, you're jealous of everyone who's single, mm. who's mm. able to just do what they want, yeah. don't have to call home. <laughs> Who do you think is most interested in. in my dating life? Yeah. My married friends. Yeah. Tell me everything. Yeah. And then the <laughs> other side, when you're like everything that's good about being in a relationship is everything that's bad about being single, but everything yeah. that's bad Vice about versa. being in a relationship yeah. is everything that's great about yeah. being single. So it's yeah. – then there's no one valid no. state of being and don't be afraid to just be you and a baby and yeah. and enjoying and your life. And just get into mum life, as, especially at 26. Yeah, as long as you've got support around you. Like that yeah. is really important. Friends will will really be important, you know, other family members, like yeah. chosen families. Like, yeah. But, yeah, don't, don't think you have to jump into dating. Could be right mother's away. group, could be bloody weekly yeah. bingo, you know. I think that I totally agree and I hate – you know, when I listen to podcasts and, and people equivocate, it shits me. So I'm going to give you the advice that I would have wanted at your age. Yep. Stay single for a while. Yeah. Right? Just focus on you, rebuilding, repairing, um, healing yep. and the baby. Yeah. And that's all you need probably for a few years. Especially if you've gone from one shitty relationship Correct. to another. Like the next one is going to be not better. Let your nervous system settle. Yeah. Because once your nervous system's settled, then you're in a much better space to – I'm so proud of her that she picked up the red flags yeah. in this state. But in a few years' time when you've calmed down, and I don't mean calm down in the calm down, I mean <laughs> your hormones have settled, you're yeah. nervous, you're traumatised. Yeah. When that's settled, your perspective will be completely different on who you would let in your life. Mm-hmm. And I love that she said, now the stakes are higher because who's going to come in my baby's life? Yeah. You know, and if you can't do it for yourself, you'll do it for her. Yeah. You know, I think she's going to be all right. Just be okay being on your own. But also, like, treat yourself like your baby. Like, if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't let a man be horrific to a baby, yes. Why would you let him be an asshole to you? One hundred. Like, 
It's 100%. Think of yourself as like, I mean, inner child work is really yeah. invaluable because it's like, why would I let someone be horrible to this kid Correct. who lives inside me? I won't say who it was, but this is exactly why having my first child transformed me because I looked at yeah. her and I thought, I wouldn't leave you with them. Yeah. And it unraveled me because I thought, well, why am I around you then? Yeah. And that wasn't a partner, let me no. hasten to add. But I, th- it was such a revelation. Because you like, had more children. <laughs> me, yes. Me looking at that baby kind of going, I'm looking at myself. Yeah. Like afford yourself the same protection, love and care yeah. that you would for that baby. Yeah. So focus on you to try and find, you know, it's such a cliche, but moments of joy. Yeah. Like if you really love roller derby, go get into it. Yeah. Like there'll be some chicks there who'll hold the baby. Yeah. You know, if you want to do bush, I don't care what it is, but just build a network. Yeah. And have people around you that love you. And that's enough. Yeah. That's more than enough. Like raising a child is very, very difficult as, you know, you'll discover as yeah. <laughs> you unravel why you've been choosing these terrible men. Um, yeah. And you'll be like, ah, oh. It's like, hard. Like that, seriously, like it was the weirdly the day before my mum died. Mm. So my mum died on Boxing Day. Mm. Um, and on Christmas Day, my sister had, had been ill and was like, we had to take her to the hospital and she was just lying on the couch kind of recovering. And... I was like kind of prosecuting my mum over things, you know, failures that I saw in her. Mm. Um, I was like, why did you laugh when we cried? We, like, you know, when we were in trouble. Mm. And she's like, I tried not to, but you just your little faces were so funny. Mm. And I had this moment of like, I was 25 mm. while having this conversation. But you were four. That, mm. that she was 25 when I was born. Yeah. And I was like, oh, mm. I would be useless with a baby right mm. now. Like mm. I am useless with mm. paying the rent. I'm mm. useless with, you know, mm. making it to any appointment on time. But I... you know what? The opportunity is there and I think our call is doing this. Mm. So I won't do – I'm going to do it different. Yeah. I am going to learn how to – do. you can unlearn shit. Yes, When absolutely. she says – the most heartbreaking thing for me, and God, I've heard this a few times, and I've felt this. Yeah. I'm damaged goods. Oh, damaged goods is the worst thing to ever think. Right? Then I am too. I'm saying to the caller, if you're damaged goods, I am. But how? Yeah, there's... Adam is. Damaged goods... Other callers are. But damaged goods, like, the way she said that was almost like the the men she'd been with had Mm. caused this damage. And Mm. it's like, no, 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 no. If there was damage, that happened before. Mm. But I don't see that as damage. I see that as resilience. Yes. Like it is like... Kintsugi, Adam. Yeah, I lived through this. I survived it. So therefore now it's not damage. What I have is armour. Yes. I I have something more around me to go, oh, well, um, that's not happening again. Yes. I am Khaleesi, mother of dragons. Yes. You know, even though that storyline for any Game of Thrones fans is, is really horrific. Especially if you read the book and she's 13. Not okay. Oh, the not end okay. point of, of her empowerment. Yeah. Actually, if you have been through trauma, yeah. is, is quite empowering yeah. for her to kind of go, I found that through motherhood. Some people will find it other ways. Yeah. You beautiful caller, I'm not trying to patronise you, but you're a baby. Yeah. Right? You're only 26. You've got plenty of time to heal. You're already doing it. Yeah. You're already doing it and you're going to be all right. You're reaching out to Nelly. Reach out to, you know, mental health professionals. Yeah. Reach out to your physical health I've been health in therapy since I was 20. Yeah, mate. And I will not stop it. No. And that idea, I no longer think I'm damaged goods, but I did. 
Yeah. I did. We all did. Yeah. Bless you for calling in. Thank you. Yeah, and let us know how you're going. Let us know how your armour looks. <laughs> yes. All right, little pivot, big pivot. Big right, pivot. We end on, no shut on my ex <laughs> and he's a 10 buck. So stupid thing an ex has done. Oh, my God. So many, so little time. <laughs> so many. Um, so, oh, my God, I can't even begin. <laughs> so my ex before this one who I was with for six years um, just – like, jump. I did not realize that he had jumped into a relationship with me barely weeks after breaking up with someone who hit him in the head with a kettle. Um, <laughs> like, oh. I was nice to him. Yeah. Um, and then, like, we broke up and uh, after six or seven years, and then he hooked up with someone else who dumped him via text. <laughs> Because Brutal. he said he was taking some time off drinking. What? Yeah. So your ex said, I'm going to take some time off drinking and the other guy dumped him? Yeah, via text. Oh, what a fucker. Yeah. That's a, that's a, um, I was going to say a known goal, but that's because I'm in soccer mode. What is it? <laughs> What's it called? Like a. No, it's, it was I like. Mean, you've escaped. Yeah. A nightmare there. Yeah. I know, wow. I know it's meant to be something stupid, but it was. I found it a really empowering thing. I was like, oh, yay. Because part of the reason we broke up was, you know, he was drinking a lot. Um, yeah, right. I was also still drinking, but, yeah. you know, I wasn't drinking half a bottle of scotch and falling asleep on the couch. Yeah. Uh, Only half. <laughs> well, Soft once, cock. Once you're not off, it's hard to get more in. <laughs> the best COVID advice I had, because I'm not a drinker, but I started drinking a little bit more yeah. um, during COVID. And the best advice I had was don't drink yourself to sleep. Oh, yeah. You know, stop drinking it. Man, that is the hardest part. I was talking to another mutual friend of ours the other day who's recently given up drinking and he was like, how do I go to sleep? And I was like, oh, yeah, that takes a while Mm. because I was a very much – You're not used to it. Yeah, Yeah. drink until I dropped off. But you get that. Oh, yeah. Also, you're not getting good quality sleep if you're You're not getting good quality sleep. Yeah. And that's, you know, part of like exhaust yourself in the daytime is another thing I would suggest. Oh, God, you and your running. All right. (laughs) He's a 10 butt. So you're on a date with like hot and tot hottie and you're like, you do this, I'm out. <laughs> um, not make me laugh once. Yes. <laughs> totally. See, I think you are actually sapiosexual like me. Like oh, it's yeah. a mental connection. If you I, Physically, I have such a diverse range of tastes. Mm. But if you are funny, if you're interesting, if you're interested, if you're – Present. Oh, look, I did go out with someone for a bit longer than I should have who was incredibly wealthy and (laughs) thought I was hilarious. And he was really tall and he had a big dick. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like he he ticked every box except he was – All right, Jennifer Cooley. (laughs) Calm down. He was really sweet and just like – but just didn't make me laugh. Yeah, no. Ever. Too boring. Yeah. And I don't mean – but like boring will be different for different people. Like I will be boring to someone who wants to go like mountain hiking. Oh, yeah. Because I'll be the one going, oh, it's too far. It's a hill. (laughs) You know, it's not necessarily sense of humour, you know, like or or if you're not adventurous or whatever. But whatever your match is, I couldn't agree more. So he could be the hottest – yeah. Hottest thing on earth. If he hasn't made you laugh, done. Yeah. Gary makes me laugh every single day. He's Aww. insanely hilarious. That's beautiful. And, and sometimes he doesn't know. He's like, he's like, what did I say that's funny? I'm like, 
honey, it, uh, if yeah, I had it doesn't to explain matter. it, it's... If I explain the joke, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what? Actually, on a serious note, going back to our beautiful caller, I think when you do re-enter dating, mm-hmm. think about what that thing is for you. Yeah. You know, so if they are, say, self-involved, yeah, don't go on another date. You don't no. need any more evidence no. of that controlling behaviour that you outlined. Yeah. You don't need any more. Just trust that instinct. Oh, they didn't talk about me at all. Yeah. They okay. didn't ask me a single question. There's no more dates. Or, or the only compliment they paid you was about your physicality. Oh, yeah. You've got a great rack. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you've got beautiful eyes. Yeah. Your hair looks really good tonight. Like, yeah. well, yeah, that, it's, that took hours on that. Yeah, that's like, right. It's, it's like, a date. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's if all you hear is how amazing you are yeah. in very facile Superficial terms. terms. Make yourself a little checklist. Like maybe you have three, four, five things. Yeah. I advise on other um, episodes, have a little group chat. Yeah. Right? With people who are in relationships and single. I went on this date. She said this. I went on this date. They did this. Yeah. What do you think? And yeah. just check in and get another perspective. Don't get anyone dramatic. Yeah. But just get people who are genuinely going to go, oh, I don't think that's a big deal or fucking run. Or also think about the things that you're saying as yes. well. Because sometimes if you're if you're hooking into those kinds of relationships, sometimes you can manifest them yourself by the questions you ask, the way mm. you behave. Like you like your subconscious is trying mm. to create this dangerous situation mm. for you. Um, so think about the things you're talking about. Like I, like one of the things that Gary said that impressed him when we went on our date was we were talking about birthdays and he said, oh, his birthday was the – it's the 24th of December. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow, that must be – oh, actually – like, you don't have Christmas in China, do you? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it yeah. was probably not a big deal because you're the first person that has ever had that second that. thought yes. of like, oh, my God, how awful. Christmas Eve, what a yeah. terrible birthday. Yeah. I'm like, oh, actually, it's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> do you know, I went to in Beijing. Your you can tell him this. I went to Beijing for the turn of the millennium, like oh, 1990, because wow. I'm like, I want to bring in the new millennium. And New Year's. Of course, it wasn't New Year's no. Eve, Adam. <laughs> no, it's not till February, mate. <laughs> It's like my best and worst story in one. I was so excited. I'm like, where's the energy? <laughs> oh, Because they, they were celebrating a 5,000-year <laughs> New Year in a couple of months. Go back to your hotel, fuckhead. Seriously, order I your love. bloody sweet and sour pork that none of us eat. <laughs> I thought it was so clever. So cultured. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for Thank coming on doll. the podcast. And we're going to see you at the live show. Yes. You're going to be, be filthy. Probably, yeah. You know, you know, I'm actually vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I just be like, I have the beholder doll. I think it's just you know when people find out you're gay, they immediately become disgusting. Oh, stop it! It's and I you would run your mouth. And I would go, oh, you think that's disgusting? How about this <laughs> reality from my life? <laughs> My kids have started doing this now. Whenever I ask them to do something like, I don't know, you didn't pick up your towel, I'm annoyed. Yeah. Homophobic. <laughs> oh, my God. Peck Shaw, who I work with, Brockle Little Snitch bastards. on Twitter, she the other day said, no, maths is homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> People are not doing that to you because you're gay. It's because you're fucking filthy. And we will see you at the live show. Thank you, Adam Richard. Mwah. Mwah. Dear Nelly. I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yeah, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly. There's a lot to explore, dear.
even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Dear Nelly. Now, don't be shy. I would love to hear your questions and comments. To send me a recording or an email, go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. It's super easy and you might hear me talk about your question in a future episode. Huge thanks to producer Sam Peterson from the Producer Boy Creative Production team and to producer Faye Younger, who in addition to being an excellent human, is also a brilliant real estate buyer's advocate and can be found at youngerhill.com. Thanks to Acast and all the team. And lastly, to you. Without the listeners, I'm just a middle-aged mole talking shit to no one. Please rate, review and consider subscribing for five bucks a month for a bonus episode and to help me keep the lights on. And tell your bloody mates, would you? I'd really appreciate it. Love yous.